Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. I am Patrick Chiodi. I am, of course, joined by my co-host, former Bronco cornerback Chris Harris Jr. Chris, my man, good to see you. How you doing? Oh, doing good, man. Just staying busy and, uh, you know, keeping up with everything, trying to keep up with everything. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, today we have a very special interview with a very special guest from Broncos country, former Bronco running back C.J. Anderson, Super Bowl 50 champion, your teammate, Chris. He's yes, going to be joining the program in a little bit to uh, chat about some of his experiences with the Broncos, what he thinks about uh, today's Broncos team and uh, the running back situation going on in the NFL. Uh, but Chris, we got to talk about week two, man. The Broncos drop week two to the Washington Commanders, 35-33. to Valiant effort at the end. Uh, maybe a controversial call, no-call situation, but hey, what's new? That's football. Uh, let's get right into it, Chris. You and I talked after the game on Bleacher Report about uh, some of the things that went wrong in this game. And, and, you know, we talked with the guys that ref the district last week in our, our game preview. And we talked specifically about the Washington defensive front and the first right. half of the game, it seemed like it was all Broncos. We had the two big shots to Marvin Mims. The offense looked like it was cooking. Uh, Russ was doing a great job hitting his targets. And then something happened in the second half uh, that just kind of flipped the switch. Maybe not even in the second half. Maybe it was something that happened right. in the first half uh, of the game. Yeah, I think of, at the end of that second quarter. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. That, I mean, giving up a uh, you know eleven points there at the end of the the end of the the second quarter really turned the tide. Uh, what did you see right. from the Broncos in that first half uh, that maybe got you a little excited for things to come? Yeah. Oh man, just seeing Mims. You know, he definitely. Uh, uh, sparked the game coming out, you know, um, taking the top off, you know, I wish we could have kept going to him, you know, we kind of just forgot he was out there, you know, yeah. and he's hot. He's running by him. Let's just keep letting him run by him, you know, yeah. until they stop it. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's exciting to see that starting to come in the game and seeing the play action work, but we just got to be able to sustain it all the way four quarters. And hopefully we'll be able to uh, improve on that this week. Yeah, some of the things that, you know, we saw in the first half that really worked was the running game. I mean, uh, Javante yeah. Williams was really hitting the holes hard, uh, breaking tackles yeah. left and right. Uh, it, it looked like he was, he's back. I mean, he's back to his... Yeah. his... We ran for over 100 yards. Yeah. Right? I, I, Usually I mean, win when we do that. Yeah, you yeah. would think. You would think that yeah. they would do that. But uh, it, that was something that they did in the first half didn't really get back into in the second half until it was uh, really too late. And by then you're just having to throw the ball to really play that catch up game. But uh, you know, in, in the first half, they did a lot of great things. You know, you're, you're leading 21 to three at one point. That's mm -hmm. gotta be something that you can't come off the break. And we talked about that in a recap. You, you gotta keep the pedal yeah. on the gas, man. You, you can't take it off. And I feel like after that Russ fumble, which, you know, we can talk about the miss face mask and all that stuff. It doesn't matter. It's part of the game. Uh, it, it, you still got to play through to the end of the whistle. Do you think that that Russ fumble maybe was that turning point where maybe the team just kind of got deflated after that? Yeah. 
Yeah, because they were looking for something to give them some motivation, get get them back into the game, give them some life, you know, some momentum. And uh, we let them in, you know. We yeah. opened the door and let them in. And uh, we got to be able to stomp those teams, you know, finish strong. Uh, don't give them any life, especially at home. And uh, with our team, the way we're constructed right now, we the the margin of error is very slim. Yeah. Right. So I think that's a huge play. Um, us losing the turnover battle um, going, I think it was negative two. Yeah. Right. In this game. Yep. So we we get, we can't come out negative in a turnover battle and especially at home and think we're going to win. So uh, that's something that we got to be able to fix going into next week. Yeah, I mean, uh, there were a couple big plays in that first half that I kind of look back at and I'm like, all right, this this gave Washington a little bit more ammo in the tank. You know, they, it, it kind of yeah. gave them that purpose. The Logan Thomas hit by Kareem Jackson. Oh, yeah, that was that was definitely a turning point. You know, it, Kareem gets yeah. ejected personally for me. This is how I looked at that play. I saw Kareem making a play that we normally see him make in the NFL across his whole entire career. This is a guy who's pound for pound, one of the hardest hitting uh, defensive players in the league. And he saw a guy coming across, getting the ball. He's trying to hit that ball out by making a big hit, hits him a little too high. Uh, You know, if he knocks that ball out cleanly, we're praising him for for making a big stop Uh, on on the adverse side gets a big hit. Thomas is out with the concussion. And from a player standpoint, that's like a, okay, now we got to really give it to these guys type of thing. So first half Broncos go in 21, 14 second half, they come out and Chris, it it just looked like a completely different game uh, from the Washington standpoint. After that, Sam Howell was dealing. I mean, we saw him do some of this stuff at, at uh, in college at North Carolina and, and, He's he's a guy yeah. that that will make those big time throws, but I, I want to talk. Good throws, man. He, he he made some dots. He we was give ripping that ball. Yeah, he was we ripping that ball. Yeah. Um. So I I want to ask you. You know, we, we really hammered home the young quarterback first road start. You know, this is only his third career NFL start. Uh, what did you see from the Broncos secondary in this game? that made you feel maybe yeah. a little more concerned going forward into week three. Yeah. You know, just the explosive plays, you know, um, Sam Howe finding great, you know, holes in the defense, being able to exploit us over the top. And that's yeah. something that you can't, you can't have as a secondary, right? And mm-hmm. especially this week going against Tyreek Hill and Tua, who's been lighting up the league already, you know, so that's going to be a great test this week. But um, like I said, you know, we got, that's a concern. I thought tackling was a concern. Yeah, um, when the running backs definitely. did break, they were able to, you know, convert on a lot of screens. And we weren't able to, as a secondary, you know, we got to be able to cap the ball. You know, if they do get 10 yards, they get 10 yards, but not these big, long screens, you know, yeah. and missed tackles. So um, that's something that was a very uh, concerning. And hopefully uh, Coach Joseph and those guys, uh, Justin, uh, Kareem able to rally the troops back there and, and fix that uh, tackling. Yeah, I, I mean, 19 missed tackles for the Broncos through week two. Uh, you know, that's a not, lot of missed tackles. That's a lot of missed tackles. And the guys are right. just not, it's just not getting there. Um, and it, it's one of those things, you mentioned the screenplays. 
we talked about this in the, in the recap the on Bleacher Report. There was that one screenplay to Brian Robinson where the offensive lineman got out and there was no one within maybe 20 yards of them. And, and I went yeah. back and I, I watched it again and I saw it exactly what we talked about. Nobody yeah. was there. The offensive linemen were just standing around waiting for somebody to come up to them. That's not how this defense needs to treat the. I mean, this needs to be a point of emphasis going into this game because Miami is going to hit the quick screen game. They're going to they're gonna hit those quick passes. You got to be able to tackle in space. These guys are super shifty. We'll talk about that more yeah. um, as, as we go into our week three preview. But uh, yeah. I want to talk winners. I want to talk losers, Chris. We've got some, uh, we've got four winners from this game and three losers from this game. Uh, it's surprising that we have more winners than losers. But let's talk about the first winner here. Uh, and I wanted to bring him to light because I feel like he's not getting talked about enough. Josie Jewell has been playing right. consistent football despite the defensive letdowns uh, in these first two weeks. Josie Jewell has been playing fantastic football. According to PFF, he is the highest graded defensive player uh, through two weeks for the Broncos. He's our highest, uh, highest graded coverage player as well. Mm. Um, so want to give some love to jo to yes, the Cowboy Josie Jewell because he's, he's playing his yeah. ass off, man. Um, our second winner uh, that, you know, we, we really, really wanted to get into was Marvin Mims. The rookie receiver. Right. What did you see from Marvin Mims yeah. in this game that got you so excited yeah. uh, for the rest of the season? Just, show, just show, him showcasing his speed, you know, being able to take the top off. Um, hopefully, we can get him more involved, get him some screens, get him some plays like, you know, those Tyreek Hill jet passes, yeah. you know, like they run with the Chiefs. Like, find a way to get him getting the ball, you know, there's easy ways to get the guys the ball um, in the league now, you know, with the spread yeah. open offense. So, Sean Payton has a, you know, he does it. He, I'm pretty sure he has it in his system. So he does. I'm um, just trying to yep. find a way to get this guy involved a little bit more, and hopefully he can be able to exploit the top off of the Dolphins because they're going to play aggressive and play man. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Uh, we're going to see if Mims can get off press against aggressive cornerbacks, uh, you know, and it's it's going to be a good test this week. Yeah, that that too high look is going to be something to keep an eye on with Marvin Mims because that that has to be an area where you know, you have a guy like Russ, who's one of the better deep ball passers in the league. And you get a guy like Marvin Mims, who despite his size is really one of the better uh, ball trackers as a receiver downfield. He did it yeah. consistently at Oklahoma. We saw him yeah. do it this last week, hit him on the deep pass. As soon as he, as soon as he gets even with that corner, Russ has to see that and make that throw. Right. Because like we always say, if you're even he's leaving. So, uh, that that's good signs from Marvin Mims, good signs from the offense, but they really need to get back to it. It worked in the first half. Right. They didn't hit him in the second half at all. Uh, just want more consistency. That one target. I don't even think he got thrown at in the second half, you know? Just, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like, we got to get him involved, you know, especially if he's hot like that, he's making plays. You know, when a guy, when you're in that, you know, when you're in that zone as a player, you know, you feel like you gotta want the him. ball. Keep feeding me. Feed him. You know, they haven't stopped yep. me yet. So yep. let's keep giving me the ball until they stop me. So that's just no the mentality I have to be as a coach. You know, we got to see those situations and see who's hot. You know, not everybody's going to yeah. be – it's not going to be everybody's day every every week. You know, somebody's yeah. going to be out there extra balling, and it was it was uh, Mim. So hopefully we can, we yeah. can uh, keep that going. 
Yeah, definitely want to see him get more involved in the offense. Sutton was a little more involved in the offense this week. Uh, and, and then, of course, Jerry Judy came back, and, and he didn't really get as many targets as yeah. we would like to see. But uh, I, I'm sure he's still coming back into uh, his old self after the hamstring injury. Uh, our, our, right. our last true winner here, before we get to the bonus winner, is going to be Jonathan Cooper because he had himself yeah. a great game um, uh, against Washington, two sacks, three pressures, one hurry, um, you know, great game from him. And he had a forced fumble. Yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah. The, the, the strip sack on, on sack, Howell. Yeah. Great game, uh, great game from him. And, and that's what we yeah. wanted to see. That's what we talked about in our game, yeah. th- our game two preview was generate more pressure. We saw Nick Benito get to the quarterback a couple times. We saw Randy Gregory get there. Uh, a little bit, but it still needs to be more consistent. And Jonathan Cooper really brought the pressure uh, th- this last week. So we need to see more of that, especially against uh, an offensive line that has had its issues in the, the Miami Dolphins. I mean, the Patriots laid it out there. They played a great defensive game against them. Granted, they gave up some big right. shots, but they still played a good game. So really looking forward to Jonathan Cooper getting some more action against Miami. And Chris, our last winner, I'm going to give this one to you because uh, th- this one is the uh, the undrafted winner of the game. Yes, sir. Uh, McLaughlin, man, he's just out there, you know, finally get him in space. Uh, you know, I see, we try to get him in some screens. You know, <laughs> yeah. we've tried. Yeah. Um, but, you know, toss sweeps, you know, get him outside. Uh, you know, those third and ones when you fake the little fullback and flip it out. Like, mm-hmm. I see him doing those all year, so – it's good to see him. He just finds it. He has a nose for end zone. Yeah. Right. All he's done is score touchdowns since he's got here. So, yeah, uh, hopefully he can keep it going. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put him on a, as a bonus winner. Yeah. Because, you know, he got he got he got his first NFL touchdown and, yes, you know, sir. he's been playing solid. Yeah, I mean, all three of the Denver running backs in this last game, yeah. especially it, yeah. even the fullback Imagine, played great. Yeah. P- yeah, P. Ryan P- played P- a great Ryan, game. P. Ryan's been solid. He's catching the ball at the backfield. Yeah. You know, he's still low to tackle. Um, I, <laughs> I, I'm glad somebody I, – I, I'd rather have the guys on offense rocking the 2-5. So, I'm yeah. solid. <laughs> he's, a, he's a tougher guy. You know, I don't think nobody on defense is worthy yet to wear the 2-5. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to see some offensive guys uh, rocking it. Yes, sir. Well, we know Melvin Gordon <laughs> wore it for a few years, and you know we all oh, know how man. that panned out. <laughs> <He's lying. laughs> but uh, yeah, P. Ryan had a great game. Uh, all three of the running backs really played played great. Just want to see him get more involved consistently um, and and, right. and hammer home that running game because that's that's what's going to win these football games at the end of the day. Yeah. So we talked about the winners, Chris. Let's talk about the losers before we get into our final uh, week three recap, and then on to our interview with CJ Anderson, Chris, the first loser of this game, we're, we're just going to give it to the offensive line as a whole, because this whole unit in the second half, I don't know what happened. I don't know if they just got tired or if they gave up, or I I mean, I don't want to say they gave up because you know, it's football. No one's going to give up really, but Ben powers allowed seven pressures. Uh, McGlinchey allowed six pressures. Bowles allowed four. I mean, that's 17 pressures from just three of your yeah. offensive linemen right there. What do you think needs to be done in order to fix this problem? Because this is two weeks yeah. now where we've seen 
too much pressure on Russ, and and that affects the yeah. whole flow of the offense. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, some everybody criticized Russ, you know, but you have to be critical of the quarterback because he he's the highest paying team, you know, he's the yeah. face, he's you the know, guy. of the offense. But I mean, we got to keep it real. This guy's been facing pressure so even since the preseason. Mm-hmm. He has been getting pressure, right? We've seen yeah. this. This has been multiple games, right, mm-hmm. of Russ running for his life, right? So we just have to be honest, and the O-line has not been um, – I thought they would be much better as yeah. a unit. Uh, right now yeah. the tackles, you know, have not played up to standard. I think bottom of the league right now uh, yeah. when we see production. And so that's something that we have to – we got to improve that, you know, because uh, to, give, uh, to give Russ a fair shot, you know, uh, a, a real evaluation because right now um, the pressure that he's under, you know, he's under duress almost every time. So yeah. uh, we got to improve on the O-line. They've done a solid job run blocking because we ran for yeah. 100 yards last week. Yeah. So we know they can run. They have capabilities of being able to run block. But we got to be yeah. better in the pass game for sure. Yeah, and you can see that difference as well in the in the grades too. I mean, of, of course, it's PFF grades, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah. as far as run blocking goes, I mean, Ben Powers was our top run blocker on the offensive line, followed by Quinn Miners, Lloyd Cushenberry. For everybody, I you know what? Let's change this loser. He's probably we're our gonna, top O lineman right now. We're gonna change this loser to just the tackles. Yeah. And the guards, because Lloyd yeah. Cushenberry, and for everybody listening, if you were one of the people who criticized Lloyd Cushenberry the, the last two years, eat your crow, because Lloyd Cushenberry has been the top offensive lineman of this unit. And that is what we love to see because Sean Payton has had a great history with developing centers and Lloyd Cushenberry just needed someone to help him along. And boy, did he ever. But I mean, in in run blocking this group, McGlinchey even is at a 63.8, which not bad, but still could be better. But it's just when you get to the pass blocking, all those numbers fall except for Lloyd. Lloyd had the best grade. Didn't allow a pressure. Miners allowed two. Bulls allowed four, like we said. And then McGlinchey and Powers mm-hmm. with 13 between the two of them. That is a big yeah. loser for this game. Um, let, let's get into our other losers as well. Second straight week, we have Damari Mathis on the loser list. Chris, what is going on with this cornerback? I think right now he's just shaky in his confidence, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a tall order when you got to play against you got to play opposite an all pro, you know, you yeah. want to get action. Um, you got to prove yourself to say, say that I, I deserve to be out here with, with a certain or with a Justin yeah. Simmons and a Kareem Jackson. So uh, right now they're picking on him and uh, he hasn't been able to stand up yet um, to the opposition. Stop the fire. You got to stop the bleeding, man. Yeah. You know, you got to let them know that, hey, I'm going to make a play. So or I'm going to pick this off. You continue to try me. So uh, right now, that's what they're doing, taking going deep. You know, um, you know, even with tight ends, any yeah. everybody's trying to get on them. So um, uh, teams are finding them right now. So he has to be able to. We need, we definitely need him this game because he's going to yeah. be going against the fastest receivers in the league. So it's a huge game for him to prove himself and try to get back right in order. Yep, I completely agree. I think right now. The biggest issue has to be that confidence. I'm a little curious to see what they do with Riley Moss going into this game. Fabian Moreau got some snaps last game. Two costly penalties. 
can't have that can't put him back on the yeah. field in that point and for a guy that's been in the league for five years now you would expect better but uh maybe it's time to get jaquan mcmillian some some time um and i yeah. think riley i Moss, like him he's solid i like yeah, him. He, he, he had a solid, solid preseason uh yeah um you know um he looks solid in the inside uh yeah. so i think bassies might be playing the inside right now yeah so uh that's probably why he hasn't been seeing the field yeah, yeah, and I mean we'll get uh, we'll get K1 Williams back. I think after week four uh, is, yes, is when yeah. he's scheduled to come back. K, uh, PJ Locke is also scheduled to come back after week four, so that should provide some yeah. safety depth. Uh, JL Skinner was an inactive. Uh, he was a healthy scratch last week. Riley Moss, who's coming back from that abdomen injury, he was also a scratch last week. Hopefully, mm-hmm. they get him in the game at some point this week. I'd love to see him get some snaps. Yeah maybe see what he can do. He's got crazy athleticism. So we got to, we got to put athletes on the field, man. That, that at the end of the day, this secondary needs way more help because we are super thin there. Uh, let's right. get to our last loser here, Chris, uh, before we get into our interview and our, our game preview, uh, Russell Wilson, we're unfortunately going to give him the third loser of, the, of this, uh, game because of the second half performance. Valiant effort at the end with the Hail Mary. Um, got really yeah. lucky. Brandon Johnson got his second touchdown of the game. But um, all in all, you know, Russ has to Russ has to be the guy to to face the pressure and face the music and be able to lead this team through. And and in the second half of the game, he just didn't do that. What do you think uh, about yeah. his performance? I mean, first half definitely came out playing great. And I think just that the end of that second half, you know, um, costly turnover. Um, then we started to, uh, we came out dead flat in the second half as a quarterback. You got to kind of get build everybody up, get that momentum going, get the juices going. And we just came out dead, you know, second half flat offenses. Then, you know, didn't do anything, uh, and didn't sustain drives at all. So, um, and, and, you know, have a, I hate when we have interceptions, um, Mm. like how we had with him and Cortland miscommunication. Yeah. interceptions i'd rather like let's just say let's just say the db make a great play you know he made a yeah. great play over Cortland, you know and uh that's, that's just thing. what happened you know yeah. i just hate those those mental assignment interceptions you yeah. know so those are key plays that cost us points and momentum and uh hopefully we can cut down on the turnovers uh be able to be more explosive and get the offense going more in the second half because we hey 20 points is good um, but right now with the defense and the way they're playing right now and the, the bodies that are down right now, um, we might need more than 20, right? We might need some 30-point yeah. games, right? Yeah. So we need Russ to be able to sustain more, especially in the second half. I mean, it's it's really tough when your offense has to average 35 points or more to win a game. That's yeah. it, It's not ideal in the NFL. You're, you're yeah. not going to be able to win like that. Um, so – that's our winners and losers from week two uh, against sure. Washington. Going into week three, Chris, uh, we'll talk about this a little more uh, in our episode on Friday. But I, I want to ask before we, you know, before we really break down the game and, and go into that um, with our other special guest that's going to be coming up tomorrow, yes, David Bruton. Excited for that one. Uh I want to ask you, you've had to cover Tyreek Hill in this league before. 
Uh, you've been a part of those teams w- where you played the Chiefs, and uh, he, he's really one of those dynamic receivers in this league. A big matchup with Pat Sertan and Tyreek Hill. What can you give us some insight from an act from someone who has actually played against this dude? I know fast is yeah. fast. He is a different type of fast. Uh, yeah. What is your game plan when you have to defend someone who is as dynamic and fast as Tyreek Hill? Man, you got to try to slow him down. I think that's Sertan's best bet, you know, uh, to use his size, you mm-hmm. know. And I think this will be a, a good test because I don't think – have they played the Dolphins before? Has he played uh, Tyreek Hill think, yet? Before? I don't think – no, I don't think they did. So this will be his first Tyree. test versus Tyreek Hill, yeah. right? Going against one of the top receivers in the league. Tua is one of the top five quarterbacks right now that's hot. Yeah, You know, is. you got to give him credit. Um, yeah. And uh, so it's going to be a great matchup. The things I see with um, Mike, as we'll talk about later on in the week, man, he's got these guys running like arena league yeah. route, right? These guys are coming off the ball in motion, and – they're doing things off the ball to where Pat Sertan might not be able to use his size in his hands, mm-hmm. right? And so it's gonna be, it's gonna test everything and in, in his ability. So yeah. I think this will be a great test to see where Patrick Sertan holds up because now you're going against. Yeah. Uh, hey, I think this this is one of my, you know, uh, one of my <laughs> rival guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, seeing Tyreek Hill early in his career, he couldn't get off the jam. We used to jam him yeah. all the time and just. You know, he grew up into a receiver. So now yeah. him, he's now in his prime, you know. So it's going to be great to see a guy like um, uh, Sertan going against him. For when I seen uh, Tyreek Hill, I was early in my prime. He couldn't do nothing. So it's going to be great to yeah. see what he can do versus Sertan. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of crazy to see his evolution in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, you know, going from just like – just a, a guy that you're like, all right, just run, a, just run a go or run a post or, you know, yeah. so, just go deep. Like, just go deep. I'm Mahomes is just be right. like, yeah, he's, he's down there somewhere. I'll just throw it up. Right. But now he's really turned into one of the better route runners in the league. Yeah. I mean, his cuts are sudden. Yeah. Uh, he's really, I mean, his hips are fantastic because he's, he's able to hit those inside yeah. outside moves. Uh, and, and like you said, this is going to be a great test for Pat. Yeah. Can't wait to see them go against each other. Uh, so that is going to do it for us here on let's ride. Uh, enjoy this conversation with CJ Anderson, man, because this was one of the, this was one of the best conversations that we've had with a guest so far. Really excited to have CJ back on the show. Make sure that you're following this show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Follow us on Twitter at Chris Harris, Jr. At Patrick Coyote at believe network and Broncos country until next time. Let's ride. All right, we are joined by a very special guest from Broncos country. Personally, one of my favorite running backs uh, from recent years, CJ Anderson. CJ, so good to see you, dude. Super Bowl 50 champion, Pro Bowl running back, almost 3,500 career rushing yards and 22 rushing touchdowns. Ironic because you were number 22 with the Broncos. Uh, Good to see you, dude. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Doing real good. Good to see y'all too, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, yes, sir. I know Chris is excited. Get another form, you know, former teammate on here. We had Kayvon Webster on the show uh, a couple episodes ago. Uh, it's nice to get someone from the offensive side of the ball on, yes, on the sir. program. We had 
you know, we had TD. <laughs> he's a he's a Broncos legend, of course, but you're a legend in your yes, own sir. right, man. And uh, you know, I, I want to start off this show by asking you, yeah, how are you feeling about this year's Broncos under Sean Payton? Zero and two now after the loss of, to Washington. Are you hot or are you cold on this Broncos team? Uh, it's just so early, you know. Yeah. Um, Owing to right now is, is pretty tough, but it's a lot more football, way more football than what it was. You know, we always break the season down in quarters. Chris can tell you that, right? Yep. Yeah. First quarter, first four games, second quarter, second four games. Obviously, you get an extra game now um, the way it is. It just, you know, in the way they lost their games, right? Obviously, the defense is probably not up to the standard that it's used to been, that it's been even when Big Banjo was there, yep. right? Uh, the defense was at a high standard, but they gave up so many points in the second half. And then obviously on the other side, right, you scored 21 points in the first half, but you got to score something in the second half. You can't yeah. go out there, right, and just put the ball in the end zone one. So I think there's a lot to it. I think Sean Payton, you know, I, I'm not into, like, let the system work and it's going to take time. I just think, you know, accountability and teaching the detail, there's so much, right, the leaders in that locker room, kind of like where we were, the leaders in that locker room got to take over and excuse my language, gotta take this shit serious if they want to turn this shit yeah. around. Well said. Right. I mean, it, it's that's the realness of it. Uh, Chris, you got a question for CJ? Yeah, I wanted to say. You remember our first training? I will never forget CJ's first training camp. You know, and the way he just came in, it was. I was like, I knew this dog was a dog. He definitely got a chance to make it, and you know, cheering on for other undrafted players. You know, to make the team. What was your mentality coming into that training camp? You know, knowing the uh, the odds were against you and being able to go out there and showcase your talent. Well, it all started, which is crazy. I don't know how your phone call went, but, you know, after the draft, yeah. you get a bunch of phone calls. So I remember when Stu's, right, Eric Stu'sville, running back coach with the Dolphins now, I remember he called me and wanted me in, in those things. It was between him, Buffalo, and Chicago, uh, Denver, Buffalo, and Chicago. Uh, at the time, I almost went to Buffalo because – you know, Tyrone Wheatley played running back yeah. in the league. He was the running back coach mm -hmm. over there in Buffalo. So I'm like, but then Chicago scout was at Cal a lot. But pretty mm -hmm. much my mentality going in, I remember telling Stu's, you know, they, they ended up drafting Monte Ball in the second round. I remember telling Stu's over the phone, yeah. like, you made the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. You know, and he kind of challenged yeah. me, like, come prove it. So once I knew that, it was like, come prove it, man. And then uh, what kind of stood out, you know, Foxy used to throw those scrimmages with the three. Yeah, um, I yeah. remember the, the the day before, the day before the scrimmage, and I'm nowhere near who what what Vaughn was, but Vaughn had these crazy old socks. So I came <laughs> to practice the next day with some crazy socks. Like if Vaughn can do it, I can do it. Thank God I had a great scrimmage, and you know that all panned out. But that's kind of that's kind of my mentality from there, man. It was just to prove y'all that I can make it, but then also to prove E wrong, you know. And at the end of the season, obviously he said some good things to me at the end of my rookie year, but. You know, it was to prove him wrong to let him know that, you know, I was better than Monte Ball. That's how I felt. Um, I felt that to right. having a better combine and, and from there and moving on, and it worked out. Yeah, people yeah. kind of don't understand what happened to Monte Balls. C.J. Yeah. Anderson, you know, Ronnie him. <laughs> you know, right. yeah, hey, it was tough to run. It's tough to compete against those guys. They had a different mentality, and, and uh, you know, and I, C.J. definitely showed that dog, and uh, everybody – had trust in him, you know. We knew yeah. that if it, if it, like it was in the Super Bowl, Luke Kinkley versus CJ, who gonna win that? We knew CJ was gonna win that, yeah. right? So yeah. that was just the mentality 
and the confidence we had in him. But go ahead, Pat. Some some about those Bay Area guys, you know. Uh, it, yeah. It, I, I mean, I see athletes like, you know, Damian Lillard come out of the Bay, Marshawn coming out of the Bay, and then you – is there like a is there a certain level of of just like grit that that you Bay Area guys have coming into these professional sports? Like uh, every single one of you is just performs. Peters, out of your what mind. about Marcus Peters? Where are he from? Yeah, Marcus Peters is another one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Tom Brady from San Mateo. I mean, for yeah. us, <laughs> like I looked up in, in my era, right? It was it was it was it was money. It was shine. And mm-hmm. it was Maurice Jones, Drew. People forget Drew was a dog. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Like those yeah. are the two backs that I kind of looked up to, you know, growing up. And then it's just something about, you know, the Bay is 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 made of a bunch of little cities that can that if it was one big city, would be like L.A. County. The problem is yeah. our cities are so broken up, and there's so many counties in between our cities. Right. Me being from Vallejo, Sean being from uh, from Oakland with Marcus Peters. Then you got down there. We're Drew and TJ Ward at Antioch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But we all we all play each other, right? We all mm-hmm. play each other, but we really don't get to grow up with each other as much because you know the cities is kind of spread out. But I just think it's a mentality and how we are from the Bay Area. Uh, when people when when you tell people you're from California, first thing they think of is LA. So you know we yeah. always yeah. feel like we're on the yeah. back burner, we're on the <laughs> downside. So that's kind of how we take it. So yes, sir. you know, like Chris, uh, you know, you went undrafted. Um, and, and Broncos have a long legacy of, of carrying undrafted players and, and really getting the most out of undrafted players was, was Chris, one right. of those guys who gave you guidance during that 2013 season, or, or was there anyone else that kind of, that helped you along the way as an undrafted guy? Yeah, it was two. So it was Chris and then it was Wesley Williard. Like yeah, them two, I looked at both of them, like Wood made it undrafted first. Then a couple years later, then Chris made it undrafted. And then it was just crazy. Like when I made it undrafted, it was like this long streak. I mean, I think it was two this year that made it on the Broncos mm-hmm. that was undrafted yeah. that made yeah. the fifty-three. But it was just like this long streak, um, uh, undrafted cats. Um, and then you also have Mike Adams, who obviously yeah. he didn't make the Broncos yeah. undrafted, but he was undrafted, you know, into the league as well. So them three, even though they was on the deepest side of the ball, and two five I can tell you a lot. I always kicked it on that yeah. side of the ball for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but them three. Them three kind of like took yeah. me under their wing, let me know how to be a pro, let me know what to do. And, you know, Chris was still young in his career, picking it up. But Wood and Pops was established. So yeah. Just listening to yeah. all them three and how it worked out definitely helped me out in my career as I got to, uh, you know, be older and help some younger uh, undrafted cats and, and other tenures and other organizations that I played for. Love that. Chris, you got to Oh, yeah, I got I to gotta ask you about today's game. You know, you see how the, the running back game is, how the, uh, you know, the ownership, you know, the GMs are – pretty much conspiring against the guys, you know, just put them in a little bracket, you know, you're not going to go over this limit. Uh, we're seeing, you know, a lot of injuries, Nick you Chubb. know, Nick Chubb just had a nasty injury, yeah. uh, but good yeah. thing. I think he got his money. So I think he got a good solid little deal, you know, with Nick Chubb, but that's rare. You know, we're starting to see that's being rare at the running back position. Yeah. Uh, who are, but who are some of the guys that you like in the, today's game, you know, your top three, you know, that are, um, your favorite running backs? Well, I, I, it's crazy. So when I move, or when I was, it's crazy. You get cut after after your best year. I got cut after my best year with with Denver. Yeah, I end up going to I end up going to Carolina. It was you know CMC. It was Christian's second year in the league. I got to give Christian a lot of game and to see 
me and him still text today and to see him flourish that's pretty cool uh i love i mean i know he's hurt i love john taylor john taylor at all yeah the way he yeah. runs yeah. the ball right i try to look for those complete guys like christian does it all from pass protection to catching yeah. the ball out of the backfield to how he run the ball Jonathan Taylor the same way, right? Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb. I mean, it's hard. Even Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, big ass, yeah. is still yeah. toting that shit <laughs> the right way. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's the, the thing with the game today, what gets me, you need quality backs. And people think you can mm-hmm. just plug anybody. And that's not the truth, right? And no. the, like, yeah. the biggest example, if you remember back in 2018, people was using me for after Todd Gurley. But people forget it was, it was John Kelly who's actually in uh, L.A. right now. I almost said San Diego. That's how long I've been yeah. out. But who's, been, uh, <laughs> who's in L.A. right now, um, you know, helping, you know, backing up Austin Eckler. Um, and then there was another kid out of USC. I forgot their names. But obviously they went up to the task. They bring me in, right? I do my thing with Ty Gurley. Two games before Ty Gurley, before he came back, I do my thing. And people are, like, shocked. And it's like, how, bro? I was a thousand yard back in this league. I was – Top eight the rest yeah. of the year ago. I've been a pro bowler. <laughs> Literally. Like, like, you need good backs, right? And people think yeah. you can plug and play. And it just sucks that, you know, the owners and the way it's going now are not trying to pay these guys. And maybe, you know, I don't I don't know if we can ever make, you know, money that Chris made or we can make money, like, you know, D-lineman D money, pass rusher money, receiver money. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we should be paid well enough to pay, you know, to help our families and do those things. So, but yeah. the backs in the game today, man, those – I don't know if I got a top three. I know the ones I just named, they can play. Uh, I love watching them yeah. play. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully with some of these younger backs like B. John Robinson. I mean, he looked good. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. They're going to they gonna have to pay him. They're going to have to pay him. Find a way <laughs> to get him paid yeah. early, you know, somehow, some way. Like, you don't want yeah. them to. That's yeah. the thing. That's what the Giants did with Saquon Barkley. Like, you don't want to run the dude down. And then when it's time to pay Josh Jacobs, when it's time to pay you, they don't want to pay you. So I just. I hope I hope some of the young backs that come in, like with B. John and some of the young backs that's in college today that's coming in, I hope they find a way to get paid, especially if they're that special type of player. If I'm a running back, I want to get drafted in the, you know, I might want to go undrafted or go, go late in the round. Because <laughs> Man, I tell you, if you're going to be bro, in a situation I, like Jacobs, you're going to be in a situation yeah. like Barkley, you know, those guys are playing six years now and still haven't got a long-term deal. So, mm-hmm. you know, that and that the rookie contract is really hurting the running back position. It really hurt not everybody, really. But yeah. it's uh that 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 uh that first round five years, you know, without getting that redone redeal, you know, that's struggling, that's hurting the running backs, I think. Yeah. yeah, you do you do you do two things, right? You do if you come in like me, I saw I saw my I saw my big money my third, fourth year in the league, but I was undrafted. Yeah, so that's kind of how that worked. Or yeah. you'd be like you be like Ronnie Hillman and Bryce Young come out dumbass early where you young. I think Ronnie was in the league. Rest in peace. Yeah. But I think Ronnie was in the league when he was 20. He was the youngest player yeah. in the league. At the right. Time. His baby. Right? Even though he was drafted in the second round, he's so young when that second contract come in, he's he right in his prime. So, you know, yeah, if you're right. back in today's age, like Chris said, you want to get drafted late or you want to be so dominant in college where you can come out in three and call it a day. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. Exactly. Um, Chris, it, I, you know, I got a couple more questions for you, and then we'll get you out of here. Um, one of my favorite plays of yours will always and forever be the Patriots game, overtime, the snow game. Walk us through that play. I know it was it was toss left. It looked like a little crack block, uh, crack toss. 
on the left side. Uh, yeah. when, when was it that you knew you were going to the house? See, to be honest, so look, people don't get this. I never, I never really told nobody this part. So if you notice, we called timeout to yep. play before. And if you can go back and watch the TV copy, we called timeout, and I'm jumping up and down because we had – we had a play call where I can be running it up the middle for one, or mm-hmm. we were audible in, which that's what you saw Brock do, to the toss. So I'm screaming in the backfield. You, you won't hear that on the TV copy, but I'm telling Brock, like, can, can, can. That was our audible at the time. I'm telling yeah. him, like, bro, audible. Like, we need to – we run this toss. He cans it. We call timeout. I look at Coob. I'm jumping up and down. Like, bro, this is different. <laughs> so I, I sprint over. If you watch the TV copy, you'll see me jumping up and down, and then I sprint <laughs> over. And I tell Cool, don't change nothing. Don't change nothing. <laughs> at the time, I knew I was going to get the first down. It was going to be a pretty big run. But when I knew I was gone, kind of when I got through and Matt Pair just made the cut. And I remember looking at the safety in his eyes. He didn't really want to tackle me. And then after that, I kind of knew I was gone. But from the from the timeout, and Chris, no, I'm a very, I'm a cerebral type player. When mm-hmm. when from the timeout, I'm jumping up and down like, bro, why are we why are we calling timeout? Don't you think about changing this play? I I have never. <laughs> really inserted myself to run over there. And this is my third year in the league, by the way. So I've never really inserted myself yeah. to run over there like, man, I think this play is a good play. It's going to work until that moment. That's when I kind of was like, all right, you need to trust what you see, trust what you do, right? You've been taught and raised by the right people. You know, you had good coaches and good players to learn from. And then that's kind of what would push my career forward. But uh, that play was definitely game game changing my life for sure. Yeah, that's always, you know, that's every football player's dream, man, is play a snow game where the – that snow is just dumping down. It, it was a big game in, in that time. And I, I remember that season so clearly because when Peyton went down, it was like, oh, great. You know, what, what are we going to do now? We were smacking Gronk. Yeah. It, well, we were smacking Gronk. That, 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 was, that was the game. That was the game when TJ bro. took him out. And I, <laughs> yeah. I remember just going crazy when TJ hit him. Um, but that play was definitely one of the turnarounds. I was at the Bengals game that year too, the Monday night game. Oh yeah, that was oh, a. It, it, listen, yeah. it was the wind chill on the screen said it was like negative eight. I was drenched in sweat during that game. I had layer on layer on, and I took all of it off. I was screaming so loud, I was drenched in sweat. You guys won that game in the best fashion possible. What you know, as a fan, greatest season of my life that I've that I've gotten to see so far. Um, last question here. You know, you you've coached uh, since. Since you've been out of the league, um, you've coached in high school. You've coached at the college level. Um, as a high school coach myself, you know I, I got to ask you: What's been the biggest challenge for you coaching high school football? I think it's where you're at. Uh, where I'm at, or well, now I'm in Texas, but where I was at in the Bay Area, you know, some of these kids—it's really the kids, the the the, mm-hmm. the grind and the hunger is different. I mean, even when I was coaching college, obviously my whole goal, you see what Prime doing, that's my whole goal to run my own program. Yeah. And yeah. I think I have that 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 ability. But when you when you coaching these kids and trying to motivate them, a lot of these kids and Chris will probably tell you from his camps, a lot of these kids really think they're going to the NFL. Like it's just an easy thing. Yeah. And you try to let them know that ain't true. Like you got two pro bowlers right now and an all pro, all decade guy over there and Chris he went undrafted like that's mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day it was it was a bunch of people whether they were right or wrong it's a bunch of people who have opinions that control right where chris go they never controlled how it ended up or how i ended up but they control how they view you and 
obviously Chris working hard, myself working hard. Some of these kids just don't have that work ethic. That's probably the biggest yeah. challenge that I've seen, especially yeah. at the high school level, because a yeah. lot of them think right. they just going to go to college or go D1 and, you know, think they can play at the Alabamas and Ohio States. And it's like, nah, bro, like, one, you want to go right. where where they want you. You want to go where they want you so you have an opportunity to get right. on the field. And if you get on the field and do your thing, I promise you, no matter if you went to KU or you went to Cal, right, or you went to Duke or whatever, they will find you, right? If you can play, yeah. they will right. find you. They'll, they'll, you'll get invited to combines. That's the, that's the, that's the biggest challenge today is, is, is trying to get those kids motivated. And you know, there's some coaches out there that's right. been doing a good job for a long time, but that, yeah. you know, and but that's what I've seen. That's probably been the biggest challenge. Letting these kids know it's really not that. It's not as easy as y'all sitting here think it is. Like I know y'all probably look at me or when kids go to camps, they look at Chris like. Man, Chris not that big. I'm I'm bigger than Chris. So I can do that. Like, nah, bro. It's, yeah, it's, it's not work. the same. It's real yeah. work. Yeah. It's real work. Yeah. Well, Chris, uh, CJ, I appreciate your time. Great insight. Um, you know, always happy this to have you. Please, please come back on the show so so we can get some more stories out. I, I know you probably got a ton. Um, you know, and and I'm sure you and Chris will have some similar stories as well. But just wanted to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for everything you did for Broncos country and, and bringing Super Bowl 50 home, uh, you know, forever, forever grateful. Nah, man. Thank you guys. And whenever you need me, man, let me know. So, oh yeah. Yes, sir. Definitely happy back for sure. All right. All Super Bowl 50 champion, pro bowl running back, former Bronco CJ Anderson. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.